Welcome back. It is Due South on North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC. I'm Jeff Tabiri. Well, basketball season, thankfully, is upon us again. Tonight, the Duke Blue Devils will entertain what is sure to be a raucous crowd inside Cameron Indoor Stadium. The second-ranked Devils take on Dartmouth. Tip-off is set for 9 p.m. Meanwhile, Carolina begins its 2024 men's basketball campaign when the Highlanders of Radford come down from Virginia for a 7 p.m. date tonight in the Dean Dome. For Tar Heel head coach Hubert Davis, this is his third season at the helm. Recently, I sat down with Coach Davis in his office to discuss the upcoming season. During our conversation, he mentioned his uncle Walt several times. Walter Davis was a Carolina star in the 1970s. And unfortunately, it's worth noting that last week Walter Davis died. He was 69 years old. My conversation with Coach Hubert Davis began with a question about what would define this season as a success. Tell me for you what success looks like in 2024. What are the benchmarks? What are the things that you would like to see in order to, to say six months from now, hey, this 2024 campaign was a successful one? Well, my, you know, my definition of success is, is every day um, showing up and um, checking the box in terms of the preparation, checking the box in terms of uh, practicing to the best of your ability and 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 playing with enthusiasm and passion and a will and a want to and um, at the end of the day you want each individual and the entire team to max out its potential and Whatever that looks like in terms of numbers, I don't look at that. I just never have. You know, Coach Smith, when I played here, never let us look at the stat sheet. Mm -hmm. He believed in focusing on the preparation in the process. And at the end of the day, the play will take care of itself. And I really believe that every year, and specifically for this year's team, if, if we prepare and we practice up to our capabilities, um, I think the play will take care of itself. And at the end of the year, we'll be happy with what we've achieved. We are in a new era of college athletics, the NIL name image likeness era. Uh, I wonder if you have an unexpected benefit, an unexpected challenge, things that maybe you didn't anticipate three years ago when this NIL became a reality, became part of the college landscape, uh, something that you've encountered as your time as Carolina basketball coach? I've been in favor for um, NIL for a long time. I've, you know, things are much different than when I was in school. And I've, for the longest of time, felt like athletes should be able to benefit from their name, image, and likeness. And I'm thankful that student athletes now get an opportunity to be able to do that. One thing that I think people, it's not that they don't understand but don't know about NIL is, you know, NIL really for a lot of student athletes helps the student athlete support their family. A lot of student athletes, parents work two or three jobs and because of NIL, they may not have to work two or three jobs. They may can only 
take one job. Right. Um, you know, there's a lot of travel that goes in in collegiate sports. And I know for me and my wife, we're at every one of our kids' events when they were little. And um, as much as we travel all over the country, it's very difficult for parents working and traveling and the money involved to be able to support their kids, to be able to not just away games, but also home games. But, you know, a benefit of NIL is our players, parents, and family members are able to support them at home and road games. And I think that's a really good thing. And one of the things that I love about our players is they understand that they've been put um, and placed on a platform and that they have been blessed and that a blessing is not just for you, but it's for you to work through you to benefit someone else other than just you. And each one of our players understands the platform that they have and they use NIL to bless other people and you know the things that they do in terms of serving throughout the community whether it's at the ymca boys and girls club uh, the children's hospital running kids camps um, they do a lot of service around the community to be able to give back so this program has long prided itself on on being a family having a brotherhood and uh, taking and helping raise young men uh, good young men into better young men. How does that sync up with this NIL dynamic? How has that changed what you have to do on a, a regular basis? That's my job. I mean, my job is to, through basketball, teach life. It just is. I I know why I've been put in place and purposed and planned to be here, and it's to help these kids and to serve them uh, to be the best that they can be on the court, off the court, and in the classroom. And um, one of the things that we talk about all the time is in everything that we do is to be a pro and to be a pro in your your um, words and your ways and your actions and your attitudes. And that's something that as a program and as a team that we talk about a lot, man. Um, we're also talking about being men of integrity. And I tell them integrity has two meanings. One, it's doing the right thing even when someone isn't looking. And number two is not only saying the right things, but your actions backing up what you're saying. And so that, that you know, we want to be men of integrity as well. And so these are things that we talk about on a daily basis. All right. Bad analogy time here. Uh, so uh, I turn 40 at the end of the year and uh, everybody has, has kind of warned me, told me, or a lot of people have that uh, readers are coming. My, my short, my short term vision <laughs> yeah. is going to, uh, going to dissipate pretty yeah. quickly. And uh, I'm going to liken getting older and, uh, not seeing the small font so well with expansion of major college conferences, college athletics, uh, shifting landscape, losing your sight or, or diminishing sight. Uh, is this just a reality? Is just just something you, you got to deal with and, and move forward with and make the best of? One of the things that I always focus on, and I and I talk to the guys, the players a lot all the time, is focus on what is real and what you have control over. And so I don't have control over contra, you know conference expansion or not. Um, uh, the only thing that I have control over is is the preparation and the play of this team. And so, um, you know whether. Um, 
the ACC expands even more outside of Cal and Stanford and SMU. Um, um, our focus is on, on this program and on this team, and that's and I've always talked to the team about focusing on the things that you can control and what we can control is who we are as a team and as a program. Walter Davis, a Carolina legend in his own right, yeah. is your yeah, uncle. Is. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about your relationship with your uncle, the, the inspiration that he provided for you. And I'm curious how much you uh, interact with him uh, on a daily basis now. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm here today because of uncle Walt, you know, he, when I was four years old, I came up here to watch him play. And that was a birth of, for me, of where I wanted to go to school and where I wanted to be. And I, I didn't want to be Uncle Walt, but I wanted to be where he was and what he experienced. And um, I wanted to be, I wanted to go to school here. I wanted to play here for Coach Smith and Coach Guthridge. I wanted to put on that uniform. I wanted to play in front of that crowd and I wanted to play on that floor. And, um, you know, for me, I, I've never been a forward thinker from the standpoint of this is where I want to be and this is what I want to achieve outside of I knew I wanted to go to Carolina. Everything else, I never thought about going to the NBA and played 12 years in the NBA. I never thought about working for ESPN and was there for seven years. I never thought about being an assistant coach here at North Carolina and was for nine years under Coach Williams and never thought about being head coach. And now I'm starting my third year, but I did. I I wanted to experience what my uncle experienced and you know the things that I've experienced today as a result of being a part of this program and this university is because of my uncle. Building on the brotherhood, the camaraderie, the family-like atmosphere here, uh, I've talked to former prominent players from other prominent programs, and they have conceded that they don't have the, the same type of connectivity between generations that y'all have here. Talk to me about that relationship, that family-like dynamic uh, what makes Carolina different, if it is, in your opinion? Why is it or how is it unique? Well, I, you know, I think, you know, as I said, you know, you can say that this is a family and it's unique. But, you know, do your actions, you know, you know, confirm that? Do they back it up? It's very easy. All you have to do is look at our coaching staff. I, I, I haven't done a deep dive into it, but there's. I'd like to see how many programs where the entire coaching staff played and went to that particular school. And that's what we have. All of us uh, went to school here, played basketball here, and now we're assistant coaches here. And with the exception of one of our wives, all of our wives went to North Carolina as well. And all of us played for three, four different head coaches. You know, some of us played for Coach Smith, some of us played for Coach Guthridge, some of us played for Coach Doherty, and some of us played for uh, Coach Williams. And so to be able to say that we all went to Carolina, we all experienced the same things, but there's a little, there's some differences in terms of uh, the coaches that we played for while we were here. 
I just think that gives the full picture, the full body experience of what this place is about, that we can come from different eras, from different coaches, but have that bond and be connected with what we've experienced here at Carolina together. All right. We're going to be uh, respectful of your time and go with some quick hitters here uh, before you go off to practice. Best player you ever played against? Michael Jordan. Um, I played against some amazing players, Kobe Bryant and uh, Allen Iverson. Uh, The best is Michael Jordan is not even close. And I was fortunate enough to be able to play with him one year with the Washington Wizards. And um, I've never seen anybody that prepared the way he did, could play the way he did, and the energy and the effort and the intensity and the competitiveness alongside what he brought every day at practice. One quick story, we were with the Washington Wizards and he was he was 40 years old. You know, he had already won six championships with the Chicago Bulls and we were on opposite teams in practice. And I was I was shooting the ball really well on and he and and we were on opposite teams and he no at to be honest with you, we were on the same team. Mm-hmm. He switched to the opposite team so that he could guard me. And not only did I not score the rest of practice, I didn't get a shot off. And I just was like, why would you be that competitive in practice towards me? And I just, that just took it to a new level that that was on his mind that he wanted to compete against a a role player. <laughs> 18 years after leaving 18 Carolina. years after exactly. leaving Carolina in a scrimmage and we're on the same yeah. team. And so that just puts in respect of who he was. He's the best ever. Favorite arena. Let's leave the one that we're sitting in the bowels of right now, the, the Smith Center, the Dean Dome, outside of it. Favorite arena that you've ever set foot in? Madison Square Garden. And that's why since becoming a head coach every year, we play one game in Madison Square Garden. I loved it there. It was an unbelievable place to play. Last book that you read? Wow. Well, my favorite book is the Bible. (laughs) So I read that all all day long. But um, I can't remember the last book I've read. I've become more of a reader. I wasn't a reader. And my wife is one of those people that can read three books at the same time and read them in a weekend. I'll never be that. But I've learned and and found joy in reading. Um, but I don't read a lot of books. One thing that you do as the the quasi CEO of Carolina basketball, public figure with lots of pressure that doesn't really stop. What's one thing that you do to unwind or recharge? Uh, anything with my family, you know, outside of my faith, the most important thing is my wife and my three kids. And when I spend time with them, I, I catch my breath. And so, um, whether it's going on walks with my wife and uh, spending time with my children who are now older and two of them are in college and one's a junior in high school, anytime that I can spend time with them, that, that allows me to catch my breath and I love it. All right. Last one. Five Tar Heels from any era, uh, could be hoopers or not, living or not. You're going to take five of them out to dinner tonight. Who are you going with and and where are you sitting down to eat in Chapel Hill? Uncle Walt, 
Coach Ford. <laughs> Rich Yonaker. He was my favorite growing up outside of my uncle because he loved taking charges and diving on the floor. And I just felt like he was always playing hard and hustling. Um, oh, gosh. This is very difficult. Um, John Kuster and Larry Miller. And where, where are you going to eat? It could be a current uh, spot or a place that's that's uh, no longer here. Where am I eating? It's not here anymore. Yield Waffle House. I would love to go back there. That was my breakfast spot uh, when I was in college. It's, it's a good place to eat. <laughs> Coach Davis, thank you for the time. All right. Thank you very much. Hubert Davis, men's basketball coach at UNC. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Due South here on North Carolina Public Radio. Our producers are Stacia Brown, Cole Del Charco, and Rachel McCarthy. Our executive producer is Aaron Kiever. Our technical director is Denarius Thomas. For my colleague, Liamita Inge, I'm Jeff Tabiri. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tell me.